Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a walk in their stilettos so we can continue to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Today's guest, we have Tan Radford. She's a beauty expert turned journalist. She's a news reporter for KFDM6 and Fox 4. Please welcome to the show, Tan Radford. Hi, how's everyone? (laughs) Thank you again for agreeing to come on and to share your journey. Um, You know, I, I want the audience to know. There are women like yourself that I connect with just from traveling all over the world. And, you know, I hear bits and pieces of everyone's story. And I love that you're able to, you know, um, inspire and just be who you are. And at the same time, you know, helping others to do the same. So thank you for coming on the show. Right. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. So I like to start the show because women have so many different titles that we go by. And I think that a title that is extremely important is our name. And uh, I'd like to start by asking you, Tan, what does your name mean? Is that short for something? Is that like the full, your full name? Well, Tan is short for Tanerica. Okay. Um, it means a lot to me. Tan, uh, you know, they call me Tan growing up, but my mom's name is Erica. So when you put Tan and Erica together, it's Tanerica. So okay. it means a lot to me. It's my title. It's what people call me by. And I feel like once people, you know, your name holds weight. So yeah. it means a lot to me. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, like you said, your your name holds weight. And I find that there have been women that have come on the show that didn't know the meaning of their name. And when I actually told it to them, they're like, wow, that actually describes me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're called our name many times a day. Um, so, you know, it can determine who we are, who we become. I mean, when I was growing up as a little girl, my mom told me that my name meant beautiful one. And I went around to- telling everybody, my name means beautiful. My name means beautiful. And <laughs> as I got older, I, I looked into it. And it's actually Swahili for strength of character. And I was like, yeah, that that describes me. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So we first connected when I was in Texas for our girlfriend Rachel's wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. I I love, love um, Houston, Texas. I wish to move there one day. So (laughs) I I read that you were born and raised in Houston. Yes. Love it. I love it. Can I come and live with you? <laughs> well, I'm not in town often, but if I was, you'd be more than welcome to come. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, serious question. Um, so what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Um, when I was a little girl, I knew that I liked um, to be on TV. I liked the spotlight. Uh, but the crazy thing about that is that I was shy. So it's kind of like the opposite, like you want to be on TV, but you're shy. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't find, you know, that medium in between. But I always knew that people listened to me. So I felt like my voice was something um, that people were drawn to. And I knew that I couldn't sing. So I'm like, I'm not sure how I'm going to use my voice, you know, to talk. Well, I don't know if it was talking to people or mentoring people or what it 
would be. But I know that when I talk, a lot of people, people listen. And mm-hmm. I captured a lot of attention by talking. So me wanting to be on TV and then me, you know, knowing that a lot, I could get a lot of people's attention. Like, you know, people were listening to me or I was relatable. Um, that just kind of put me where I'm at right now. But as a little girl, I just knew, you know, I wanted to be on TV. I just didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to do on TV. Yeah, as a little girl, that was just what I did to be on TV. I didn't know what exactly it was. I liked to dance. I liked uh, watching videos. Cause that, and, you know, when I was young, we used to watch MTV and BET videos, and I would dance. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. But <laughs> I don't think, you know, I, I was cut out to do that. And that's, that is a part of my journey, too, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, that's I... exactly what I meant. I love that you mentioned that, you know, you were shy, but you had a voice and you're relatable and and people listen to you. I can totally relate to that. I mean, getting from where I was to to where I am, I used to be completely introverted. I wouldn't even open my mouth when I went into a room. But if you asked me to write something, you know, I could totally express my thoughts. And when I started posting stuff on social media and women were like, oh my God, you are saying exactly what it is that I'm feeling like. I just didn't have the right words. So, you know, it's beautiful that you've turned something around and, you know, able to be a a voice um, for others and to be relatable. People need that. We need social proofing. So, okay. Can you share how you went from being a full-time makeup artist and hairstylist to a journalist? Yeah, sure. So um, I did hair at the young age of 14 years old. I would do people's hair at my school. Uh, that's when braids were really popular, and they're coming back now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would do I would do braids all the time, and what we call like freestyle free, free braids or micro braids. I would do those all the time um, on myself and on my best friend and then other people would see it and they would want it done and then because I was a student I didn't charge a lot so it was easy for like them to be able to pay like $15 to get like cornrows or like $45 to get you know freestyle or micro braids so um, I was like the go-to girl for that so I was doing that and then you know as we got older extensions became popular and I tried my hand with that, even though I didn't know how to do it. A girl asked me, and I'm like, yeah, I know how to do this. So I kind of, like, faked it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I um, – actually, it actually turned out nice. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm gifted. I can uh, just learn how to do something by, like, just trying it out. So, mm-hmm. of course, it wasn't the best. But it's like anything, when you continue to work on it, it gets better. So, um, eventually, I began to do extensions. So, um, as I got older, I continued to do it. I would do – a lot on the summertime, I would do a lot of parents would drop their kids off to my mom's house. I would braid their hair, and it just went on from there. So I'm like, okay, I need to take up this career. But I still knew that I liked television and I liked, you know, public speaking. But like I said, I was very shy. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like me doing those people's hair gave me the opportunity to be able to see how people were and to adjust to talking to people a lot because. You know, it's just you and them, and it's very intimate, and you can talk to people and, um, you know, just get an understanding of who they are and who you are, and it just allowed me to come out of that shyness a bit, doing Mm -hmm. all those clients' hair and getting to know all those people and just knowing, you know, okay, people are not going to judge me or just coming out of my shell, honestly. So that helped kind of mold me into the person that I am. So in high school, I began to take up journalism, 
and um, I would do like I did like the morning announcements. I would do like try my hand with different things like that, but I was still doing hair. Mm-hmm. So um, like now, you know, hair, makeup, and still doing journalism, <laughs> which is funny to say now. But I, I was doing that and just multitasking, and I became a, a dancer there. So it kind of took out some of the time of me doing like what I did in high school. So. After high school, um, I still continued to do hair, and then I went off to college to study communication, where I wanted to do journalism there, and uh, like radio, television, and film as well. Mm-hmm. So um, during that time, I went to Southern University in Baton Rouge, and my dad, he was really, really big on like, if you're going to school, choose a career path that makes a certain amount of money, or it makes six figures, or it does this or that. Mm-hmm. So um, communications, that wasn't his ideal career. He felt like it was so far-fetched because not many people make it on TV. It's such a broad a major, like, you know, you're not guaranteed a job. Like if you're a nurse or you're in the medical field, it's like a wanted profession. Like you're guaranteed to make this money. You're guaranteed to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, although he didn't want me to do it, I still went off and I, I studied communication at Southern University. And what I would do to make money while I was there, because my mom, she wasn't, like, super wealthy. She was just making enough to get by. So she didn't give me, like, an allowance. And my dad, he was paying for my school, so he really didn't provide me money like that. So I was doing hair while going to school. So I would do, like, the people that in my dorm's hair, like, different people, they would see other people's hair. Because we didn't have social media like that at this time to, like, market your hair right. and stuff like that. So they would see, it would be word of mouth. I was doing hair and stuff like that, and I traveled back and forth. Well, in the midst of that, I got a little discouraged. And, uh, you know, I, I let, like, what other people thought, about, what my dad thought about my career, change my career path. And I was also, um, I forgot to mention, <laughs> throughout that um, time in high school, leading into my junior year in college, I was in a relationship, and it was with the same guy, and he was like, very upset that I left and I went to college, but, you know, I had to do what was best for me. That's right. Um, and so, you know, with just the influence on my life of those two, like my dad feeling like that wasn't the right career and I would really make a name for myself doing that. And then with my um, boyfriend that I was dating at the time being in Houston, I just like reevaluated my life and I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to school for pharmacy because I don't like blood and goods. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't do anything in the med. I wanted to be in the medical field. I was like, I'm going to go for, for pharmacy. I'm going to go back to Houston. I'm going to be with my boyfriend who's like longing for me. And then my dad's going to be happy and everybody's going to be happy. But I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So I went back to Houston to satisfy everyone. And, um, you know, I started taking up pharmacy, which is far more difficult than I thought. <laughs> yeah. uh, I began like, not excelling in the major and I just didn't like it just wasn't working out for me mm-hmm. so um I was still doing hair at the time and then I also like was living I got an apartment with my boyfriend going to school for pharmacy and doing hair out of the apartment so still multitasking the whole time doing you know working doing hair and um at that time I got a part-time job as well adding more <laughs> at Lamique Cosmetics and that was like a black um cosmetic company out here in Houston and I also think they had like a branch in Atlanta and they mm-hmm. were like working in Sharptown Mall and then they moved to like a house which is like in the Rice Village area so they were actually making their makeup by hand 
because oh, wow. it was such a small company. So we were mixing shades in the back. They were known <laughs> for doing like eyebrows and eyelash extensions. And so I learned how to do some of that there and also how to sell there. So um, I started grooming my makeup skills there. So then I added makeup to my resume. So now I was doing hair and makeup at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, um, throughout that journey, I ended up breaking up with my ex-boyfriend, well, my boyfriend at the time, and he um, ended up leaving and going to Bible college, which is beautiful for him because he has a beautiful life now where he's, you know, studying ministry and doing ministry there. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we, we kind of branched off, and I left him behind after, like, a, a almost seven-year relationship because I was, like, 21 at the time. 22, we started dating when I was around, like, 15. So I left him, and then um, I changed my major back to communications, and I started to focus on myself and focus on communication. And then I ended up um, telling my dad, I'm like, I know this doesn't make a lot of money, and, you know, I know I'm working here in Houston, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to hair school and get a hair license that way, you know, I can maybe open a hair business later and uh, it'll just take me six months. I'm going to take a brief hiatus from college and then I'll come back and, you know, finish out my degree. So he was okay mm-hmm. with that. So I left and I said, while I'm in college, I can do hair and I can, you know, I have a flexible schedule and I'll make money when mm-hmm. I come back. So I left, I went to hair school. It took much longer than I thought, maybe like <laughs> a year and a few months. I did get my license. I met a lot of people along that time and I sharpened up my skills in makeup. Mm-hmm. And I went back and then I met a guy and I fell in love. And this was like, I was like around 22 years old at this time. Um, I met a guy and I fell in love. And then um, I went back to school for communications and he helped me so much through that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also began applying at Mac Cosmetics. So I was doing hair. I had my own little salon um, that I rented out. It was like in a, like, a, you know, those buildings that have like multiple salons in them like the salons in the park. Well, I, I had a suite in there and I was working at Mac part-time and I was going to school too. So I was like really juggling a lot of things, which I'm used to because I've been doing this for such a long time. And so um, I was dating this guy, you know, we got really, really serious. After that, you know, I got a, a degree in radio, television, and film. It wasn't even in uh, journalism. And mm-hmm. I interned, he encouraged me. I interned um, my, that senior year before I graduated at ABC 13, I got the internship. You know, I learned a lot about news. So I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be a news reporter. Yeah, but I knew you had to have the basics of being a news reporter in order to do that. So um, I did my internship, kind of cut out some of my hours working at Mac and working, doing hair to make room for the internship and to finish out college. So I finished out college in 2014. In 2015, I was so serious with this guy that I put my life on hold and I put my career on hold to support his career and I moved to Germany with him which is oh, wow. like wow <laughs> I know <laughs> we moved to Germany uh, because he was playing basketball overseas and I was you know being very supportive of him but this was my first time actually not working so mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh I've been working all my life doing hair doing makeup doing something of that sort and at this point like I don't have a job and he's paying for all my bills it was a great time to reflect and to see what I wanted to do with my life and just to have support from someone else. So I started this business called Strands by Tan. It was Strands Lashes. Um, it was, uh, I started the business because I was into hair and makeup and it was like a cross in between. I was selling eyelashes, mink mm-hmm. lashes. So um, 
in that business, I caught it strange because in that moment, I kind of felt stranded. Like I didn't have anything, you know, that I was used to. I was like in this different area. I just felt stranded, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their eyelash strands. So I was like, it's the perfect name. So it's strands by tan. So um, I use social media and I began reaching out to different makeup artists. And I decided um, to have them kind of market the brand for me to wear the lashes. I would ship them off to them and they would wear them and tag my brand in it. And that would bring more people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I also chose lashes because they don't expire. They don't nail, you know, it's just like nothing that gets old. It won't do what, you know, and right. you can wear them up to 25 times. So I created strands by tan. Um, you know, I was living in Germany. I was just really enjoying myself because I had my business and I was still able to do what I wanted to do. But deep down inside, I still knew that I had that degree that I worked so hard for um, that I still wanted to use. Mm-hmm. So um, the guy that I was dating, he ended up getting injured. So we came back to Houston. So when we came back to Houston, it kind of like fell on me like, okay, now you need to get a job because you guys need to find somewhere to stay. And we had money saved up, but we used that, you know, for the furniture and we still had to live. Right. So, um, and pay our bills and our car notes and stuff like that that we had left here in Houston. So um, we stayed like with his mom for a few weeks. And then um, I moved to my grandmother's house while I applied for jobs. And then um, he went back overseas without me. And at this time, when I applied for jobs, I got a job. So he went overseas. This was just a short period of time that he was going overseas for. So by the time that he got back, you know, we were able to get an apartment and we were able to live a normal life. Well, the job that I got was at Harris County Sheriff's Office, and it was a communications officer, but it wasn't the communications style that I was trying to do. Right. Uh, but fortunately enough for me, I still had my clients here, so I could come back and I was still able to get money by servicing my clients. So now I was a traveling stylist, which was a luxury to my clients because it's like, okay, you get to come to my house and do my hair now? Great. <laughs> so I only do, you know, I do extensions, which doesn't call for a lot of chemicals or anything like that. You don't really need a large setup for that. You just uh, sew in the hair and maybe like bond the hair in, which isn't like a big major or, or thing where you need like this entire setup for. So that was convenient right. for me and it was convenient for my clients because I didn't have to pay for a space anymore. So um, I just began doing that. And then, you know, they would request my makeup service. So I was do, doing both of those. And then I, found another job so again I was back to the same routine working and doing hair and makeup again so when I was like working as a communications officer my boyfriend and I we started facing some difficulties in our relationship Um, you know we were just going through a lot of things where um, we just could not get on the same page Mm -hmm. some things I wanted out of life he didn't want out of life some things he wanted I didn't want I felt like some of the stuff that I was doing may have been selfish and so on his part as well so we faced like some some very bad turmoil and then we ended up separating um and that kind of took a really big toll on me um so then I started uh looking for another job and then I started working at Channel 11 News here in Houston and I finally got a job in the news industry so I was so extremely happy about that um and on the first day of work I became, it was a, I got the job as an assignment desk editor, which is behind the scenes where you kind of like find out breaking news and you find stories for journalists and you assign journalists to different stories and send photographers out. It's just like a very, very um, high paced uh, multitasking mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. which is what I was used to anyway, a lot of multi- multitasking. 
So um, in the midst of that, um, you know, me transitioning to this new job in Harris County Sheriff's Office and us just moving back because I got this new job within like, I, I only worked at Harris County Sheriff's Office for about five months before I got on at Channel 11 News and began to start my career. Mm-hmm. On the first day of my job at Channel, uh, Channel 11 News, I crashed my car. Oh, man. I, to- <laughs> I totally crashed my car and I had to put it in a shop and I had to get it repaired. The first person that I called was my boyfriend. We were still living together, but again, like I said, we were kind of breaking up because we had facing a lot of difficulties in our relationships, a lot of disagreements. Mm-hmm. So, um, crashed my car and I called him and he was like, you know what? He was like, I'm about to head overseas again. He just got another deal and he was like, you can keep my car. So I was just oh. so grateful for him. <laughs> for if it wasn't for him I don't know what I would have done um you know so he allowed me to use his car for like a good long period of time while he was out of the country I'll say like six or seven months and then when he came back um he still took me back and forth to work and mm-hmm. then um I was able to finally get my car out of the shop because it was like thousands of dollars to get my car fixed mm-hmm. it was a lot it was just and the insurance wasn't covering it it was just so much that I had to deal with so I was dealing with the stress of like trying to gain my relationship back with the person I was really in love with, you know, not having a vehicle, trying to assume the financial responsibility of taking care of that. And then, um, you know, just the problems that you get naturally of life. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the midst of that, um, I will come in on my off days and I will work with reporters at Channel 11 News and I will just shadow them in the field and see what they did. And I, from that, I created a demo reel, which is like something that you use as a resume to show news managers and news directors at different stations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created this demo reel when I was out following these um, reporters in the field. And from then on, I uh, submitted that demo reel to small reporters, I'm sorry, small um, news stations that were hiring for reporters. And in news, how this works is like, you can't just come out of college and go straight to Houston and work as a reporter. Mm -hmm. You have to start small then go to a medium station and then go to a large station. So um, you would go to a small city, which is like here, Beaumont is a small city in Mm -hmm. Texas. It's like, because they go, they're categorized by numbers. So it's like in the hundreds markets, then it goes to the fifties and then it goes to like the upper tens. Mm-hmm. So you would start at a market like Beaumont and then you would go to a medium market, which would be like San Antonio or Dallas. And then you would go to a large market, maybe like Houston, Los Angeles, New York, those, you know, major things. So mm-hmm. I started to send out that demo reel because I was still like, you know, trying to get to that reporter position. And um, I started receiving like feedback from the people at the station and things of that nature. Then I finally was able to um, get my car back shortly after my boyfriend, yeah, my boyfriend came into town, got my car back. And um, I, then he left again to go overseas. So I had my own car at this time. And then we finally broke things off, which was a very difficult time in my life. Like I suffered through a lot of depression, just trying to get over that breakup it was so difficult and we didn't um allow you know healing for ourselves we kept trying to get back into it get back into it so that was mm-hmm. like pulling on each other's heartstrings just um trying to survive that so um after that I just continued per- trying to pursue this career of becoming a news reporter so 
I um, went on to submit that tape to the different news companies or news outlets, and I ended up getting picked up by two news outlets. One was in Victoria, and the other one was in Beaumont. So I couldn't decide at that time, and I wow. had to submit a. I had to sign a contract in both of them. Um, one would be for three years, and one would be for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, again, uh, my ex-boyfriend at the time he was like you know my go-to person we shared so much personal information and he was very familiar with contracts so he helped me to negotiate and look over my contract terms and choose a contract that best suits me mm-hmm. so um in choosing that contract I decided um literally the day before it was time for me to start the job to choose Beaumont and I became a news reporter so in that time I really felt like I had overcome so many things. Like it had been such a long journey and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my clients, they were happy for me, but they were like, Oh my God, you're leaving again. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving again, but it's not as far this time. And I'll come back on weekends and service you guys. So that's kind of what I do now. But, um, so far I've been one year into this career. So that's why I'm like beauty expert turned journalist now, um, which people would have never thought, or, you know, like, it's, I'm just so happy to be vindicated and show, like, my dad, like, look, I could do it and just show, you know, to him that you can do anything that you believe that you can do, no matter what people say or no matter what you see. That's or right. Even if you are, like, that shy girl or even if you are that person that's dealing with going through a huge breakup, like, you can, if you still keep pushing, like, these things will manifest. And it's just, like, I've learned so much in, like, this period of time that I've become a journalist and I've touched so many hands and now I'm just like when you walk up to me I'm I'm not afraid to hold a conversation with you like that shy girl is not you've grown you've evolved (laughs) yeah your your experiences helped you evolve into into who you are now right so what does your dad your dad have to say you know you went into a career despite his advice how does he feel about it now um, he always like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, I really think it's like, he probably in a sense is like, Oh my God, I can't believe she proved me wrong. You know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's good. You yeah. went after your passion. Like so many yeah, women yeah. are afraid to go after their passion because they feel like they're not supported by the people around them. But you're proof that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, go after what it is that you're passionate about. You're the people who support you will, will come on board eventually if they, you know, truly love and support you. So you know, that's really good. What what advice would you give a woman um, planning to become a journalist? Um, I would tell them no matter how many no's you get, there's always somebody that's going to be like, yes, even if you have to start somewhere that's far away. It's only a stepping stone. It's only, you know, a temporary portion of your life. You're going to be where you want to be, um, mm-hmm. just like you are now. Just keep moving. You have what it takes. You have the tools. Like, you're given the tools. You feel like it's a purpose. Just keep going. I love it. I love it. So do you currently have any coaches or mentors helping you with build your um, journalism career? I, I don't. Um, I kind of like, again, like I said, my, I ended up getting my degree in radio, television and film. It wasn't even in journalism. So I'm kind of like a self-taught journalist and I like Mm -hmm. to have my own creative way of telling stories that I really like to um I mean I do have people like from KHOU that I Channel 11 is that I used to work at that I may have 
ask like a few questions, but I don't have anyone that's just like, hey, Tan, did you do this or did you do that? Or you need to do this or you need to do that. I've reached out to people and I ask the questions when necessary, but I don't have like a mentor. But I think that I'm kind of becoming that person for some upcoming journalists or maybe the person that they do reach out to because they see like I'm relatable. And, and a lot of people have followed my career path and they're like, well, if she's this girl from Houston, you know, that went to Willow Ridge High School, then I know that I can do it too. And I just want to be right. that girl that everybody can relate to. I love it. So speaking of, mm-hmm. you know, someone that everyone can relate to, you mentioned, okay, that you still do beauty on the side. So many women, mm-hmm. you know, have their, you know, their nine to five and they have their side hustle. So mm-hmm. how do you, how do you balance the two? I guess I was groomed that way because again, like I was doing it since I was 14 years old. So <laughs> I've just always done like more than one job. Even when I was 14 and I was doing those people's hair, I still worked as a cashier at Randall's. Mm-hmm. Like I just always have done it. It's something I always do. So like right now I don't work on weekends. So early in the morning I'll get up. Like I just finished doing a client's hair at seven and I'll be done by nine. And then I'll make schedule another one at 11, be done by one. And then again on Sunday, maybe someone at two, but I just schedule it on the, on the days that I know I have, you know, something available. And I try to my best to take advantage of the day. Okay. That's exactly what I do. So, you know, being a, a woman wearing multiple hats and full schedule, do you have mm-hmm. um, a self-care routine? How do you take care of Ken? Um, my self-care routine is when I go to the nail shop and I unwind and I drink some wine there. <laughs> Cause they have complimentary wine. So I'll, I'll take some wine there. I do vacation a lot. That's how I get away. I love seeing the world ever since I went to Germany and I lived there. Mm-hmm. It's just something about me seeing the world and the beauty of the world I love to do. So I try my best to vacation uh, to places I haven't seen before. Um, and I also love fancy restaurants. So at the end of my day, I just kind of go to like a nice restaurant that has a nice ambiance, have maybe a glass of Merlot, uh, doll myself up and just kind of relax and let go of all my worries there. I love it. Love it. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's no surprise that stilettos are my favorite shoe. My entire branding, everything uh-huh. is about <laughs> stilettos. And I read uh-huh. an article that said that your favorite shoe says a lot about your personality. So I love to ask the women that come on the show what their favorite shoe is. Is it a sneaker, a flip-flop, a stiletto, a flat, a wedge? What's your favorite shoe, Tim? Well, before I became a reporter, it was heels. I would always wear heels all the time. <laughs> but because I'm in the field, I've like literally ruined so many heels, walking around, knocking on doors, through grass, through mud like ridiculous amounts of heels so I still have them at my desk for when I return but in the field I have on just regular flats that may look like a heel without a flat so very casual flats okay so which one would you say is your your favorite the stiletto or the flat uh stiletto definitely takes stilettos okay (laughs) so let's see women who wear stilettos uh, it says they may seem materialistic, but women are actually incredibly hardworking. So you're hardworking mm-hmm. and have excellent taste. Mm-hmm. Mm. That says a lot. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Um, currently, I'm on a fast because I am um, very spiritual. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I don't have my Instagram up, but I will be back on there shortly. But I, I am on Twitter because I have to for work purposes, and I am also on Facebook, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram when I bring the page back up. <laughs> it's it's uh, Tans Television, so it's T-A-N-S Television, T-E-L-E-V-I-S-I-O-N. Um, that's on Twitter and on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's just Tan Radford, T-A-N. R-A-D-F-O-R-D. And if you come from the podcast, just let me know in a quick message so that way I'll be able to just accept you quickly. Because I have so many people that are um, pending. <laughs> I try to go through and click everyone. But if you send me a message, that'll be even better. I'll just go ahead and confirm you right away. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what, what I'll do to make it easier. Um, so your info will be um, posted underneath. Um, all your details will be there where they can just click and go directly to your social media handles to find you. Okay, that'll be perfect. So the final yeah. segment of the show, it's where I ask reflection questions from your journey, and I call it a walk mm-hmm. in her stilettos. So mm-hmm. they're, they're just, um, they're reflection questions, but they're, they, well, I'm going to say they, they make you think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, first question. Uh, name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. I've read, and it was like a while ago, The 48 Laws of Power. Mm-hmm. And recently um, I've started reading Think and Grow Rich. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe the Think and Grow Rich, some of the methods that they use in the book are great. Um, I haven't gotten through the whole book, but I think it is a life-changing book from a lot of people's perspectives and a lot of the videos yeah. I've watched on YouTube. So um, I'm still currently reading that, but I think that probably be the most like life altering book because it, it, you know, it kind of is a motivating, motivating style book. I really like that book. I am going to agree with you 1000% about that Mm -hmm. book being a life changer. Um, Thinking Mm -hmm. Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, for those of you listening, um, that book has changed so many lives to a level that I can't even explain. So my mentor, Bob Proctor, um, had studied um, with Napoleon Hill. He was one of his mentors. So um, my mentor is 80, oh goodness, he's like 84 years old. And he's been studying um, success principles and the power of the mind for 57 years now. And one of the books that he reads on a daily basis, he reads multiple pages from that book and when I say daily basis he walks around with it in a case like the book's starting to fall apart so he has to have it in a case that's zipped up um and it's like one of the original books with like the leather covers um of Think and Grow Rich and he reads that daily and that's how he's able to stay positive and he encourages all of us his mentees to do the exact same so that is a life-changing book so I have to totally agree with you on that I, I agree as well I can't wait to finish it Yeah, well, I'd love to know, you know, your thoughts when you're done. Mm -hmm. Next question. What failure has taught you the most about life? Do you have a favorite failure? Hmm. The failure of that pharmacy. (laughs) All those (laughs) those, uh, S that I got in pharmacy because I just could not keep up. It was just like I was on another planet. So um, me trying to be a people pleaser, uh, that kind of, you know, instead of putting myself first, putting other people before myself, which I still work on to this day. And I know a lot of people have that issue, having a big heart, being a giver, um, Mm -hmm. it can, you know, it can be a 
good or bad things sometimes. And I think just me deciding to, you know, please other people and go into pharmacy was like, it, it brought my life back so many steps because I could have been through with a lot of different things in that time period that I took to go back and try something else that wasn't even for me. So I learned mm-hmm. a lot in that process. I think that's important. People need to understand and focus on what's important for you. You know, pleasing, you can't, you can't live your life pleasing other people. You can't go through life being a yes man. You're going to have to disappoint some people in order to go after your passions and and to be happy. And as long as morally, you know, you're not intentionally hurting anyone, you need to understand that it's not about pleasing other people. Like, you know, you've got to be happy too. Right. Okay, so next question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? It would say God first. Mm. And it would say God first because, um, I mean, that's the source of, source of all your faith. Um, you know, that's who we should model life behind. And, you know, that's where our blessings come from. And that's who we need to pray for what we have. Because, like, I've been through so many things. You know, you can have so much this day and then just have so much less the next day. You know, like, it's constantly changing. But God remains the same through it mm-hmm. all. So, mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Uh, maybe the belief that you can do anything and I say this because I didn't mention this in the story that I was telling you guys um and it it has become a habit I say you can do anything because um I started believing that you know okay I want to become a fitness model so I decided to put it into action Mm -hmm. I went and I got a trainer and I started eating right and then I put myself into a fitness competition not just a simple fitness competition but a pro qualifying fitness competition (laughs) because I knew at the I knew at the end of the day I was going to have to be on that stage regardless of what decision I made so Mm -hmm. that kind of turned into a habit of beginning to eat right beginning to work out you know because I knew at the end of that journey that that money and I paid for and what I signed up for I was going to have to be on that stage regardless of, you know, what happened. So mm-hmm. I had to learn to stay focused. I had to learn to eat right. And I had, I made, um, you know, to say health as well. I made health a lifestyle for myself. So it took about five months and it happened, I believe in 2000 and was it 15 or 16 when I came back from my Germany, one of those years, 2015 or 16, before I left for Germany or before I came back, mm-hmm. um, I did this pro qualifying, it was called Texas Muscle Mania Pro Qualifier, where I, and I actually got the idea from one of my clients. I would see her every time and I would notice, man, you're looking better and better every time. Her arms were getting more fit. She was just looking more toned. She's like, I think you should try it. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to put myself to the test. So I believed in myself. Um, I made healthy eating a, a lifestyle and, um, you know, fitness and just became a habit of mine. So I got on that stage. I, I began training in January and I got on that stage in May and I won this place out of 13 girls and I brought a trophy home from a oh, wow. qualifier competition. <laughs> Congrats. So, <laughs> thank you. Now, I haven't That's done awesome. it again, but <laughs> I was considering it here lately, but um, today... Um, I'm working with one actually today I'm working in a fitness group with one of my friends you know helping her with her her fitness journey she's having a um, actual fitness company that she started up so I'm helping her with that so I've been able to be you know not only 
help myself, you know, just with discipline and be, having a new habit and a new routine and just a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to help other people like my friends and my family learn how to eat healthy. And, you know, I'm just being a model for my friend, helping her promote her brand. So I don't even mind. I think it's just, yeah. it's just a great thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question. What have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? I have been better and it's just something that I was going to put into action actually this year 2019 I just saying no to things that I don't want to do that's mm-hmm. like I said because I was a people pleaser and I'm such a giving spirit mm-hmm. um, people are, are really comfortable with asking me to do things or asking me for things and it's just it's something that I don't want to do if I don't want to go out to a concert or I don't want to be in the midst of a lot of people or if I don't want to go drinking I'm just going to say no like, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I love it because we've had maybe the last few women um, that have been on the show <clears throat> that have had the same exact answer. You know, mm-hmm. l- learning to say no to what you don't want to do, learning to be comfortable with the word no, especially like you said, if you're a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you, Tam, so Thank much you. for coming on yes. and sharing your walk and inspiring us to continue to do more. This is so awesome. I hope someone was really inspired or encouraged by this. I think this is such a motivational podcast. I mean, it just sheds light on, on so many parts of people's life because people so often go on social media and like they said, it's just the highlight reel of someone's mm-hmm. life. They're not going to put like themselves. I mean, some people do put things on there, but not everyone, not the people that a lot of people look up to. Mm-hmm. And I think they look up to these people because they see them as like, oh, they're perfect or go, but we are all equivalent. We all have the same yes. 24 hours. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, if I've, I've failed plenty of times, but I've gotten back up. So I just want to encourage someone, like, if you've fallen and you feel like, oh, this is your last point, it's not. And in the mornings, I like to listen to, like, motivational stuff that makes me feel like the past is the past. Today is a new day. It's a new start. Mm-hmm. It's a new journey. So we're grateful for things like this, you know, the opportunity to have podcasts like this that you can just click on and you can listen to, like, okay. I remember she said she did this. I remember she went through a breakup. I remember she changed her major. She failed in those classes during her major. She started a business, you know, so many things that I've done. And I don't even, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have all these resources. It's just me using what I was given, your God-given tools. Mm -hmm. I I love it. I love it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what you said about, you know, social media and people posting their highlight reel and people looking up to them and thinking that they're perfect and they don't have any troubles and, you know, life is great for them. And that's the main reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because when I decided to write my book and share my story, the women that reached out to me, like it was it was overwhelming, uh, but it was also very humbling for women to say, oh, my God, you know, I totally looked up to you. I had no idea you experienced this. I had no idea you went through this. I experienced this, too. I can totally feel it. You know, so seeing as you were able to get through, I can get through this. And Mm -hmm. the power of just sharing my story, my testimony, and how it was able to inspire other women to do things. I was like, okay, this, this is something that I need to continue to do. But how much of my own story can I continue to share? And Mm -hmm. this year, well, it was the end of last year, but I was actually in training with Bob Proctor, my mentor, and looking at other ways that I can help and serve. And creating a podcast Mm -hmm. and sharing other women's stories was what came out of me being in, in, you know, spending that week with, with Bob Proctor, it was like, Mm -hmm. everyone has a story. 
And let's not focus on, you know, the highlights of your story. Let's show you had to actually go through some dark moments to get to, Mm -hmm. to this place, to experience the light. You know, you had to overcome some fears. You had to get through some adversities. You had to fight through some struggles. You had to learn some life lessons in order to evolve and get to where you are. So that was my main purpose of wanting to do this. And all of you women are so beautiful inside and out. And then you come on and share transparently your adversities so that Mm -hmm. other, you know, beautiful women out here who feel like they're just the everyday woman, they're like, wow, you know, if this woman is a journalist, she, you know, she was able to do this, this and that. Okay, I can do it. So thank you again for coming on and sharing your journey. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. So to the audience, until next time, download the Awaken My Stilettos app and subscribe to our newsletter at awakenmystilettos.com. Make sure that you rate the podcast on Apple. Subscribe on your favorite podcast station. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about what Tan had to share. What gems did you get from, from hearing her story? What has it inspired you to do? We want you to continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.